Welcome to Welcome to the Gun Show. I am joined by Garrett. Hello, everyone. And Tarek. Hello, everybody. You're still on that fucking voice. <laughs> uh, okay, skipping over the voice. Um, we have an exciting topic today. Um, so we're going to talk about why appendix carry is so popular and, and what has popularized it recently. But before that, we have some class announcements that we need to do. Uh, Tarek is hosting a red dot class on the 22nd of August. Sorry, you've missed the boat. It's full. However, he also has a range booked for the 12th of September and the 13th of September. And uh, we're looking for some ideas on which classes people would be interested in, uh, in attending on those days. I'll put up uh, a, a, uh, a poll on the uh, Welcome to the Gun Show Facebook page for each of these days. And I think the options are going to be a, a level one or a fundamental steric, um, yeah. a uh, self-defense concealed carry class, uh, a sport shooting pistol class, uh, I'm not sure if you're going to offer another red dot class, but I guess we'll throw that into the option if there's nothing. Yeah, if guys want a red dot class or a, a the, the um, pistol drill press class, or I'm open. I'm excited to do some training again, so I'm kind of open to whatever guys want. Basically, whatever we can we can fill up. So, if I, I am going to ask guys, if you if you vote on this, please at least have some sort of intention of being able to come through. Um, you know, it's no point we have 400 guys. So I'd love to do a shotgun course. And then, oh, no, I wasn't available that day. Um, we're giving you the dates, 12th and 13th of September, I think, um, at Recrawl Shooting Range. Yeah, just just remember, it's going to be a Facebook poll, so we can see who voted. And if you don't show up, we'll definitely hound you for it. You might even get a shout out in the middle of a podcast for not showing up. Uh, <laughs> so 12th and 13th of September at Roy Kroll. We'll get those polls up so we can get some voting done on, uh, on, on which classes guys would be interested in, in attending. Let's try and fill those. Uh, Derek's fantastic to train with, despite all the personal abuse I always get. You deserve it. I do deserve it. <laughs> all right. So shall we roll into uh, tonight's topic, which is uh, why appendix carry is so popular all of a sudden. And all of a sudden... Is pretty relative, but all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, just uh, before I do that, while we're talking about shout-outs, a quick thanks to Aubrey, who sent some kind words about the show through to us. Um, thanks very much. We're glad you appreciate, you're enjoying the show and our sexy accent. Um, tonight's show is the result of a question that uh, Jono from Four Ways asked me. Um, how, how Four Ways is that name, Jono? Um, Jonathan always asked me about <laughs> why why appendix carry has become so popular. And as Kuna alluded to, it hasn't really become popular. It's, it's like with most things in the gun world, it's pretty cyclic. Uh, you know, if, if you look at pictures, uh, they obviously won't be photographs. Uh, if you look at line drawings and that of pirates, you'll quite often see pirates jumping on ships with. Uh, uh, pistols stuck in, in sort of the appendix position on, on sashes around their belt. Um, there's a fair amount of, of pictures of, of sort of cowboy era guys as well with flap holsters, not the big basqueda, I hope I pronounced that correctly, rigs that you used to from the movies, but the more sort of realistic flap holsters in sort of a, an outside the waistband appendix carry position. So it's nothing new. Um, the famous Miltzbach summer special holster was originally designed by Bruce Nelson to be an appendix holster. It's not kind of quite what we see as an appendix holster, what we used to as an appendix holster nowadays. And I think that's the big change we've had over the last probably 10, maybe maybe a little bit longer, but 10, 10 years or so, maybe 15 years, has been a lot of purpose-built uh, appendix holsters um, that, are, that are kind of designed for the purpose as opposed to sticking another holster in that sort of position. You know, it's if you're carrying a J-frame or a snubby, they're quite forgiving as to what will work with an appendix, you know, in, in the appendix position. If you're going to be trying to carry something a little bit bigger, uh, then holster design starts making a lot of difference. And I think that's that's one of the things that that's helped that sort of renaissance is is the availability of, of purpose-built appendix holsters and i think a lot of the current sort of popularity of appendix holsters um we can thank uh is sort of the, the internet popularity anyway we can thank paul gomez the late paul gomez um, and the late todd lewis green 
who, who did a really good job. It was Todd Green who really got me thinking about appendix holsters um, all those years ago. Uh, but they were they were two of the guys who did a who really went a long way towards uh, popularizing appendix holsters in sort of modern culture. And and why are we seeing more and more guys move away from strong side to appendix? So uh, one of the reasons that uh, and and he's mentioned this um, is access to information. You'll probably find that uh, even before there were there were purpose-built rigs like that Multisparks that, that he was talking about, uh, there were probably a lot of guys who were quote-unquote gunfighters of the day who were probably carrying an appendix. Um, it just wasn't well known because unless you lived in the same world that those guys lived in, you wouldn't know. Um, it, the, the massive growth of the internet and the availability of photos and videos to the scale that it is these days uh, has, has certainly made a bunch of things popular. Not just the Penix carry, but it's also, for obvious reasons, made a bunch of stupid shit popular because people are seeing it more and more often. Um, not going to get into the stupid shit, but it, the internet is popularizing a bunch of things. Sometimes it's the wrong things. Sometimes it is things that are truly uh, beneficial. Um, but with that said, the, the advancement in holster material, uh, things like being able to get really well molded uh, or even CNC cut molds that, that are used for uh, molding Kydex holsters has gone a long way in getting more consistency and more comfort into to appendix rigs where people can live with them for duty-sized guns. Uh, I'm not recommending that you, you carry a duty-sized gun all the time, but there are fantastic holsters now. Uh, all three of us just uh, just picked up uh, Fulster Pros, um, and I'm not entirely convinced that with a 19, this is any better than my JM Custom Kydex uh, block rig. But I can tell you when I stick something like that 17-size cert in here, uh, this, is, this is miles ahead of most things that are available. And the reason that's happening is guys like John from Fulster are putting a lot of time. Hi, John. And Hi, Sarah. Sorry. There we go. They're putting a lot of time and effort into, into prototyping new holster models and things and making sure that they actually work. So the vast majority of people, if they stick one of these on, won't go after five minutes, this is uncomfortable. I never want to do this ever again. Uh, forget it. I'm not doing this, uh, which I think was a, a definite problem. Uh, for a while, because a lot of people were repurposing sort of four o'clock holsters and you end up with a weird off-angle cant and things. You end up with a slower draw, a less comfortable carry, and you end up with, with more printing as a result. Um, so the, the advancement in, in both materials and design of holsters has certainly made a, made a big difference. Um, in combination with guys like, you no, can't be credited with making this stuff popular. I don't think he was around for that long, but if you look at videos that guys like uh, Scott Jedlinski are doing uh, with draws from appendix, uh, I think a lot of guys are envious of getting that fast. And the reality is you can't really do it from strong side. Uh, it's, it's just never going to be that fast if you have to defeat concealment. No, it, 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 you, you've got to move a little bit further. So if, if, you're, if you're drawing from strong side as opposed to from appendix, um, the gun has got to move X amount further, and, and depending on how fat you are, that distance will vary. Um, but it's got to move through that much more space before it's in a position to shoot. Uh, and that much more space is always going to equal that much more time, all things being equal. So well, yeah, that speed would include, is a bigger, yeah. That would Very include good. you get that would include you getting to the gun. Never mind the mm. gun being presented once you've got there. Yeah. So I think that's I think what we, we should probably do is, is kind of break down the advantages and the disadvantages of appendix carry. Um, and if we look at the advantages, the one that we've, we've sort of discussed briefly now is, is speed. Uh, from, from a concealed position or concealed point of view, generally, and as with everything, nothing's absolute in life except death and taxes. As a general rule, the appendix holster is, is going to be quicker to get that gun into action because it's a little bit, it, it's got less distance to travel. So as Gareth says, your hands from most sort of positions, you're going to find yourself in in ordinarily. Um, you know, we, we don't generally walk around with our arms hanging dead at our sides like we do when we start a stage. Uh, and often if we're getting into a confrontation or something, we're even, we're even more likely to bring our hands up into some sort of fence. Um, 
if you're like me and you talk with your hands, your, your, your hands are often sort of up there. But as a general rule, if, we, if we're interacting with someone and it doesn't help that I'm talking with my hands because you can't see that on the podcast, but if, we, if we're interacting with someone, we're generally not interacting with someone with our hands hanging down at our sides. Um, they're, they're generally towards the front of our body. So that, as Gareth says, gets you closer to the gut. Um, so that, that, yeah. Just to hop in there for a moment. Uh, some guys can attain amazing speed from strong side, but we're talking not necessarily competition rigs, but we're talking non-concealed um, for guys who are, who are truly fast. Uh, clearing a concealment garment from the strong side is always going to be more difficult and less consistent uh, unless you're, using, you're wearing a shoot-me-first vest that you can sort of sweep with your arm, which is just only the Timmies do that for, for that, that jacketed game. Um, like I, I see very few people, I see some, but I see very, very few people dressed like that in public. If you're wearing a, a, a shirt or something uh, or a zipped up jacket, you're always going to be faster and more consistent clearing that, that garment from, um, from appendix than you're going to be from strong side because you, you need to do this weird sort of cross-reaching rip thing to get strong side properly out. I'm not a big fan of the word always, um, but... As a general rule, yeah. If, if, if we take the same person with the same time um, spent working the skill and equivalent gear. So, yep. you know, dude who's got his gun shoved down the front of his pants in one of those chicken skin clip-on jobs uh, <laughs> and, dude who's, and, and dude who's carrying or, or, or lady who's carrying strong side in a, in a decent sort of kydex rig or, or, or decent leather rig, um, not necessarily, but if you've got equivalent sort of levels of gear and you've made and you've spent relatively equivalent time periods, as a rule, yeah, appendix is going to be quicker interaction. Um, people will tell you from time to time that speed interaction doesn't matter in gunfights and that you should see the trouble coming beforehand, as we've discussed in the awareness show, and that sometimes that beforehand is half a second. Um, sometimes all that awareness really draws, gives you is a second or half a second to react where you're, where you're reacting to a gun coming into play as opposed to a gun pointing at you. Uh, and there, I've never met anyone who was in a gunfight who said, I wish I was slower and had a smaller gun with less bullets in it. <laughs> so if we come back to the, the uh, Terry talking about your hands being in front of you and typically that being our area of work, our, our, our eyes are on the front of our face. They're not on the side of our head or the back of the head. And typically if we're involved in a conversation with someone or a specific task, we're going to be focused on that task. And therefore we, we still working in front of us and you're not always going to have that opportunity or necessarily the awareness to know exactly 100% what's going around you when you're doing a task or having a conversation with somebody. If you're carrying strong side, that can increase your risk of someone seeing it because it's a little bit more difficult to conceal. And obviously, therefore, you're sacrificing some of the control you have over that mm. that concealed gun. I think another That's reason really why, why the uh, touching directly on what Gaz just said, uh, concealed carry is relatively new as a thing pretty much everywhere. You know, relatively new is sort of debatable, but it, it hasn't always been that, that concealed carry was a, a requirement under law, uh, even in places like states. I suppose that they still have constitutional carry most places, but you now have the option of concealed carry there. Over here, you have to conceal carry. Well, um, no. Constitutional carry is a very new thing in most of the US, except for Vermont. Uh, and in fact, concealed carry in a lot of states um, – sorry, I'm using that, that voice. Um, concealed carry in a lot of places is pretty new. Um, you know, a lot of states up until the last 20, 30 years um, – Carry, you know, there were there was always been some, um, but outside of Vermont, you needed a you generally needed a permit, um, and in a lot of them, that wasn't really a, a, an option for for non law enforcement people. So, yeah, that's a really that's a really big thing in the states. A lot of people couldn't carry a gun legally fifty years ago, um, and even here, you know, even when I was growing up, I mean, I'm older than you fuckers, but even when I was growing up. People who carried guns on the reg were a rarity. Um, you know, people had guns and people had that gun that went under the car seat or in the side pocket or whatever for long trips late at night or, or that sort of thing. But as a general rule, it, it wasn't 
I think there's a lot more people in a lot more walks of life today here and, and abroad um, who, are, who are carrying a gun as a day-to-day -day thing as opposed to as a rarity. Uh, and I think that's changed it as well. Sorry to interrupt. But. No, 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 that's, that's good. So what I, was, where I was going with that is the, the fact that concealed carry is now an option in so many places that, that, that are popular uh, or popular, popularizing things on the internet because most of what we see comes from the States, realistically. Um, that is now a, 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 an actual option to carry a gun concealed. And if you're going to carry it concealed, well, why not move it forward to a place where you have better control uh, generally? You have better speed. Uh, you can have fast reaction times to actually get to the gun. Um, and in, in lots of instances, it actually conceals better. Um, it's also more comfortable uh, as in the correct holster. Uh, it, it can be more comfortable than strong side for me. I find that strong side after a day of carrying, uh, I end up with sort of hip pain and things from that rubbing right on that joint the whole day, uh, which is something that doesn't happen with a decent appendix rig. Uh, it's, it's not directly rubbing on any sort of hard bone, bony surfaces. Um, yep. So, yeah. Comfort's yeah, one I of those weird things with that. Yeah, sorry, guys. No, no, I was just going to say that I can attest to the same thing as Cornet. I carried strong side for three or four years. Um, and there were some medical things that came up. I won't say what because it's gross. Um, but once I went over to appendix, I was very surprised at how comfortable it was um, and just how much more convenient it was to actually have the gun on you. Yeah, I think that's the thing. There's, there's this, yeah. The, the, the perception for a lot of people has always been that appendix is really uncomfortable. Um, and that gets exacerbated by taking a hopefully unloaded gun and shoving it with no holster in the front of their pants and going, this is really not cool. Um, and what a lot of people forget, especially if they've been carrying a gun for a long time, is when you started carrying strong side, it probably wasn't that comfortable either. You, you got used to it and you found the right holster and you found the right spot for that holster. Or you're just one of those weird masochists who does the whole, I don't care if it hurts, I, I have to have a gun. Um, or insert regional accent of choice there. Um, I, I found the same thing. When I first started carrying appendix, it, it was agony. Um, now, if I do try and carry strong side for a day, um, outside of sort of an Ipsic rig, it's really uncomfortable. Um, it, it's it's just unpleasant. It kind of pokes and digs, and and I've got some very nice strong side holsters as well. The right appendix holster in the right spot, and and that's a big part of it. And it, you know, it, what people don't always realize with appendix or with strong side is half an inch left or right can make the difference between oh what bliss and oh my god I can't wait to throw this gun out the, win the, the window of my car um, don't do that boys and girls especially in South Africa um, so yeah the, the the comfort thing is 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 a is a it's a weird thing but once you get the hang of it with the right rig you'll be surprised at, at how comfortable an appendix holster could be um, the concealment thing, in a lot of clothing, in a lot of situations, it's going to be it's going to be a lot more concealable. And a lot of people find that they can conceal a bigger gun, easier appendix than they can uh, they can strong side. Where people make a mistake is they carry strong side or sort of small of the back or somewhere between there. So if we define this, if we kind of look at your belt buckle as 12 o'clock, appendix is generally going to be between sort of 12 and 2 o'clock. Strong side is going to be between sort of 3 and 5 o'clock. And a lot of people carry it that sort of 4, 5 o'clock position and they go stand in the mirror, they face it square on and they can't see their gun. And what they don't realize is that from behind, especially if they bend over or anything, often that thing sticks out like a flag. Or we've all seen the, the it's generally a guy, it's not often a girl, um, walking around a shop somewhere where their shirt is hooked on the butt of their gun and they're unintentionally open carrying. Um, whereas Which with appendix, back to control. Yeah, that's it. You know, with appendix, because it's up front, you can be aware of where it is. So with a good holster, it, it'll often conceal better. The other thing is you, you're aware of it. So if something sticks out, you can see it. And you've got more options to kind of cover it. You know, if, if you if you feel the urge for an even greater level of, of, of concealment, if you cross your arms in front of you, uh, that's it doesn't look, you know, sort of at, at belt level, that doesn't look very 
that doesn't stand out. It's, it's not a strange sort of behavior. It's not a strange sort of body movement. But you can have that gun sort of covered not just from, from, from view, but also from any sort of contact. So if you've got to try and push your way through a crowd or something, um, you, you can have that arm on, on top of that gun and stop anyone being able to touch it without looking like you're doing anything silly. Uh, and, and people don't always realize that. It's, you know, if, if I, I've seen, uh, and I, most of us have probably seen it, the, the person who runs across the road quickly and you see them put their hand over their shirt on the gun because it's bouncing around. And what they look like is a man, because you're a man, running across the road with a gun on their hip, trying to stop the gun bouncing around. Uh, you've not, once again, you're, you're unintentionally open carrying. Whereas with a gun up in the favorite things of that is that mm-hmm. whole, you, you hook your thumb over the grip of the gun and you look like a, like a, like a tea kettle. Because you now have a comfortable <laughs> place to rest your arm. I'm concealed carrying, but I've now used this this butt of the gun with the shirt tucked over it as a exactly. as a convenient ledge. I see that way more often than I should. <laughs> so you know, for me, and I mean, I'm a, I have a. For those of you who know me, um, I have a successful lifestyle body shape. Um, I'm festively plump. Um, I. Uh, I can conceal a bigger gun appendix under something like a T-shirt than I can strong side. You know, I, I can carry a Glock 17 under a T-shirt and I probably wouldn't, I may not necessarily get away with it in, in somewhere where people are definitely looking for guns, um, but I can I can make a Glock 17 with the right appendix holster disappear quite well under the right T-shirt. Um, with a strong side holster, it's that little bit harder, especially as a fat guy, and I'm, I'm less aware of, of what's happening around that gun. So I'm also more likely to start picking at my shirt and making sure that my shirt's covering it. Uh, never mind, oh, I've got to lean in the boot of my car and get something, or I'm carrying something, or, 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 or the, the, the things we do. Because a lot of people on the internet seem to forget that your whole life is not carrying a gun. Um, your whole life is doing things where you have a gun on you if, if you carry a gun on the wreck. Uh, and it's those doing things that, that are, that can expose that gun a little bit One thing too, going back onto the comfort side of things, I spend quite a lot of time sitting in the car traveling to customers and that sort of stuff. And when I carry it strong side, you essentially sitting against the gun. So you've got the car seat pressing the gun against you because you're leaning against the car seat, which makes things very uncomfortable. That can cause lower back pain. It can cause hip pain. It can cause skin irritation. And a lot of guys are saying that appendix is very uncomfortable in cars over a long period. And if we revert back to having a good quality holster again, or some holster that works really well for you in the right spot, it's not uncomfortable. Last year, I sat in the car from Johannesburg to PE with a gun in the appendix position, no issues, no skin irritation, no severe discomfort. And from PE back to Johannesburg three or four days later. So that's, that's also not necessarily true. The right holster in the right spot is comfortable and it's not going to cause discomfort. Just on that, the, the, the right holster in the right spot is very uh, individualized. Um, I'm not shaped like T and I'm not shaped like Gaz, but I'm probably shaped more like Gaz than I am like T. Uh, but a holster... You're body shaming me now. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no shame in body shaming, is there? <laughs> Amongst friends. I mean, I wouldn't do it to the general internet, but... <laughs> Uh, you hear that yes. fat people he's making fun of us no I'm making fun of you <laughs> us mm. yeah, you okay. backpedaling now corn <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to get back to the topic while T is trying to throw me under the bus <laughs> um, a holster set up perfectly for Gaz and carried in exactly the same position where Gaz carries his is probably not going to work for me um even if you have the exact same holster, you may need to adjust the right height of the holster. Uh, I like a straight up and down holster, but some guys might need to adjust cant a little bit. Um, and you will almost certainly need to, if you have a wedge uh, and you have a claw on your, your holster, you'll almost certainly need to adjust those to your individual um, sort of clothing and, and, and body shape and things that you, you are um, in order to end up with a, with a with holster that is truly comfortable. Uh, and something else to bear in mind, because this is so individualized, holsters don't carry the same way. Um, I, I have a couple of Glock appendix rigs, and uh, I've been messing around with them while I was eva- evaluating this uh, this Holster Pro. 
And the place where the Falster Pro is the most comfortable and conceals the best is not the same place where my jam works. Um, like it's it's there. The jam is is slightly more towards three o'clock, where the 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 pro needs to be slightly more towards the twelve o'clock position uh, for me to have good concealment and comfort with them. Uh, so highly individualized. Be be sure that when you select a holster, select one that that comes highly recommended and that's been designed specifically for that role. But then be aware that you're going to spend time tinkering with that holster uh, in both carry position and the actual layout of of things like belt loops or, or clips or those sorts of things to find the exact place that works. Adjustment makes a big difference in, a, in an appendix holster, in any holster really. As I say, there's this perception that it's just appendix holsters, it's any holster. Um, and then you're finding the right spot, as Cornet said. I, I have a mate who carries at basically 12 o'clock. Um, he carries a G17 in a Vanguard 2 at 12 o'clock, and he, it's never occurred to him to carry another gun, which just that's he like he, he he's carried G17s is on his third G17, um, and that's what he uses. I know other guys who and and girls um, and a Penix carry often works really really well for ladies, also because of the shape of your hips. Um, but uh, I know other people who carry who find that like a sort of a two o'clock position is the right spot for them. Neither of those work for me. You know, for me, I need the gun at about one o'clock. Um, and that way, it, uh, it it works really well. Um, and your support gear is going to support that as well. Uh, some people find that appendix carry works better with a, a looser belt than than strong side. You know, classically for strong side, we've wanted really really thick, sort of strong um, belts. A lot of people find for appendix they prefer a softer, looser belt. Uh, I don't find that necessarily. I, I find that the most that the stiffer belts work better for me appendix. It could be a fat guy thing. Um, it could be how I wear my pants as well. Um, you know, I, I like a belt that I can adjust so that if I get in the car, I can loosen it up slightly, and if I get out the car, I can tighten it up slightly without it being too obvious. Um, so I like something with infinite adjustment. Um, but that's one of those things you're going to mess around with as well. Uh, so don't just... Don't buy an appendix holster and then go, oh, well, I tried that for 10 minutes and it was horrible and write it off. Um, you're going to need to, you're going to need to try different belts, different belt tensions, slightly different spots. Uh, and something that's counterintuitive to a lot of people is that tiny guns generally don't work that well appendix. Very, very short guns, you know, subcompacts, sort of G26s, um, P10 sub compact that sort of thing often that shape of gun especially if you're not super super skinny um, don't work fantastically appendix because they don't have the length to stabilize um, i know a lot of guys who, who carry like g34's appendix and, and people hear this and they're like oh how can that work it's such a big gun what happens is if if you wear your pants high enough where you're supposed to, which most of it I know I don't, but you know, if you're actually wearing your, your pants on your belt, that long gun stabilizes really well, uh, and that's also going to be dependent on the holster. But that's a mistake people make. They try sort of a, a tiny little gun um, in a tiny little holster. And I've had somewhere I've literally had to rip it off while I was driving because I was in pain, not discomfort. I was I was in agony. Um, whereas with a bigger holster, yes, if it's not in the right spot, there can be a little bit of discomfort, but it, it, it'll often stabilize a lot better. So if you're carrying a G26, generally try and carry at least in a G19 length holster, and you can apply that to any of the other guns if you're wrong. Um, if you're carrying a G19, a lot of guys find that a G17 length holster works better. So if you're carrying a, 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 a you know, a P10 subcompact, maybe try in a P10C size holster, or even a P10 F size holster. Uh, it just, it, it does a better job of stabilizing the gun. Um, it, it helps that gun find a spot and stops that sort of hot spot where it's, it's digging into you really hard. Uh, you know, the, the more butt heavy the gun is, because what makes it even worse is we go, okay, well, I'm going to carry a Glock 26, but I need all the bullets in the world. So I'm going to carry a Glock 26 and stick a G17 plus two mag in there. So I've got a mag that weighs more than the rest of the gun, constantly pulling it over. And then I weigh a little bit more than I should. So there's a little bit of belly pushing it out. Um, you know, the, 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 the wedges and, and the wings and all of that are going to help 
a little bit, but uh, at the end of the day, you uh, the, the longer holster is going to make life that that much easier for you. So there is a a video. I'll find it. I'll link it in the show notes. I'll just need to go look for it. Uh, it's not James Custom who did the video. It was just a dude reviewing James Custom holsters uh, and comparing their extra length holsters uh, compared to their standard length holsters for the same gun. So carrying a a nineteen and nineteen length holster versus carrying in what they call their extra length holster, which doesn't necessarily support a seventeen uh, because they're shaped a little bit differently. You can't get the seventeen in there, but they have that same sort of overall length in the holster body, so that you have a wedge point that's further down um, down your pants for that to push against. I'll find the video for that and I'll link it in the show notes. It, it does a really good job of explaining that that problem that you have with really little guns and really little holsters in appendix and and the way they tend to tip forward and become very obvious, very, very noticeable, but also very, very uncomfortable. Um, just on the, on the, on the claws that, that Terry mentioned, um, claws help, claws help a lot in, in some instances, but bear in mind, if you are, if you don't have your holster set up optimally and you're carrying like an ex- super extended mag, um, in order to get a claw that works properly, you either need one that sticks out significantly and becomes uh, very uncomfortable because you're creating a giant bulge in your pants. Um, ha, ha, ha. Um, <laughs> or you need... That is... You're going to need a... Or you're going to need a lot of belt tension. Um, so carrying a sensible length magazine for, for your gun size is, is a better idea than trying to get a, a, a claw to... Uh, to fix that problem because you're going to need a lot of belt tension and you're going to ultimately end up with, with lower back pain. Um, if you're ending up with lower back pain, you might be running your belt a little bit too tightly. Uh, in combination done that. With I've done that too. Um, and uh, I've, I've swapped the belts and things that I carry since then. So I, I still have similar sort of overall tension, but the belt is a little bit more flexible, like Terry mentioned earlier. I find that that super rigid belts are great for strong side and they're great for competitions. But I find that I want something that's got a little bit of flex and stuff to it for for everyday carry. Um, but with that said, bear in mind that I don't need to hide guns uh, in my everyday life. I could open carry if I want to because I work from home. Um, so I could open carry most of the day. If you are, um, you might not be able to run your belt quite as loose as I run mine for most of the day. Um, you, you might need to have it a little bit tighter and then a, a stiffer belt might actually help you. Or if you're a full-size human. <laughs> Uh, um, Full size human is, is is defined as a Glock seventeen sized human. It's not yes. defined as a like a Glock forty sized human. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm normal size. But you like a Glock nineteen, Corn? Yeah, I am perfectly average. Four forty three. If you wear high heels, you can be a nineteen X. I've seen him in high heels. Yes, um, in high heels. <laughs> you call me Janet. That, that's another show. <laughs> <laughs> that will not um, be on this podcast. <laughs> but I'll share the pictures in the group. Um, <laughs> something, something, we, something we alluded to earlier as well is it's a lot easier to keep control of gear that's in front of your hips. Um, you know, it, it's a lot easier to maintain control of something that's in front of your hips and something that's behind your hips. So I prefer to have sort of defensive equipment in that space in front of my hips. Um, you know, it's, yes, there's, there's different situations and different grappling situations where I may not be able to access it or, or, or whatever, um, but as a general rule, um, it, it's that much easier to try and maintain control of something that's that's up front, in front of your hips, that's something that's on your hip or even worse, behind your back. Uh, you know, if all else fails, if you fall fetal, you've got a little bit of, of cover over that. So, uh, you know, it's easier to paint control. It's easier if it's a weapon retention situation to get hand or hands on that gun, to get strength on that gun, um, to stop that gun coming out. Um, and, and you've got that quicker access as well. So there's a lot to be said for for having that, that gun ahead of the hips like that. Um, if it's an option, you know, it, obviously it's, it's going to come down to wardrobe and that sort of thing, but uh, you'd be surprised. I know guys who carry appendix in, in serious sort of non-pervasive environments under 
and is sort of tucked in smart shirts with the right gun, right holster, right sort of setup. Uh, but it does just give you a, a few more options. Once again, as we discussed, if you're in a crowd, um, people are a lot less likely to bump into your gun if it's in your groin. Um, and generally, men especially are less likely to stare at other men's groins. Um, so it, it's not an area that, that people are paying as much attention to, um, you know, <laughs> especially if you're Kune. Um yeah, but it, it, it's not an area that people are, are as likely to bump into. It's not as an area people are, are as likely to be staring at. So it's it's that much easier to to make it non-obvious or, or less obvious than something sticking out on your hip um, or something behind your back. So, so one of the things I'd like to get your guys' opinion on, uh, mm-hmm. and it's something we haven't discussed yet, is that we see a, a lot on the on the interwebs and and social media and that sort of stuff that. Appendix is unsafe and strong side is safer. What are your guys' thoughts and opinions on 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 that sort of statement? So that do you want to go first, yeah. <laughs> So that that is something that comes up all the time, and and you'll you'll constantly get told how you will shoot your dick off. Um, and to be honest, there there are two sort of downsides to appendix. One is for some people it's less comfortable, and the other one is that if you fuck up, you're going to die. Um, because not because you're going to shoot your dick off, but because if you punch a hole in your femoral artery, you've got about 30 seconds to do everything you ever wanted to do in your life. What people forget, though, is if I've seen some scary drawing and reholstering strong side where, where people point pistols crossways across their pelvis. And if you punch around crossways across your pelvis or you punch around downwards into your thigh, um, the, 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 they both have very similar sort of endings. Um, yes, you might just shoot yourself in your in your backside and embarrass everyone, but it's also kind of idiotic. Going well, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick this carry method because if I shoot myself, it may it may be slightly less damaging. Um, appendix is is unforgiving. Um, if you if you holster correctly, and a lot of people don't realize this, and, and John Johnson from Ballistic Radio. Hi, John. Did a really good video on this once with a with a cutout holster where he he holstered a, a munitions gun and I think fired it and did not hit himself. If you if you're holstering and, and and drawing, you know, especially holstering correctly with an appendix holster, you can do that without muzzle sweeping important bits, um, just like you can strong side. But to be honest, it's probably sometimes a little bit harder strong side and and more importantly, people take it less seriously. Um, I've seen it at IDPA matches, especially where guys are more likely to be using sort of close to the body holsters, where, where guns are pointing at guys. Where if you look at this and you go, if that gun goes off, you have got you are probably not walking again. Um, but because it's not pointing at the deck, that they, they think that they're fine. Yep. So T's basically covered it. Um, lots of people are actually more likely to sweep vital bits of body. Um, when holstering and drawing from strong side than they are from appendix. Um, appendix usually has a, a distinct up and out motion to it uh, in draws, where a lot of guys, when they're drawing from, from strong side, will end up sweeping across their dominant leg um, for pretty much every draw. Um, uh, that is not something you should be doing, and that, that can be avoided, mostly. Sometimes it can't, but mostly it can. Um, but yes, people holstering incorrectly or unsafely is a major thing that I see at pretty much every training event I've ever attended. There is someone who thinks that you find the entrance to the holster with the muzzle of a gun. Um, <clears throat> it's not especially when you have a holster that doesn't stay open and you dig open the holster yep. with the muzzle of a loaded gun. Exactly. So, so I, I don't. No, no. So, so would you sort of uh, then agree that it could also revert back to where you're naturally going to be working, where your natural workspace would be in front of you? It's much more difficult to corkscrew your body backwards to see your strong side holster to make sure that you're looking at what you're doing when you reholster. Is that relative? Yep. So it's so much a natural thing, but it, it is definitely easier to look your gun into an appendix holster than it is to a strong side holster, especially if you're not a skinny little thing. Um, it is it's substantially easier to clear your, your concealment garment, look down, go, there's my holster. There's nothing in it that's going to pull the trigger. 
cock your hips so that the gun's not pointing at you and stick your gun back into your appendix holster than to do the same thing um, on a strong side holster, especially if it's, it's a little bit further back. So not if you look at a lot of people who are holstering who aren't muzzling themselves on, on sort of strong side or close to smaller back, um, there's a lot of muzzling of surroundings happening. Uh, mm. So that's not really a danger to you other than like uh, like nice time in prison with Bubba uh, when you accidentally plug someone. Um, you're far less likely to have that poor muzzle discipline when holstering an appendix because you can see what you're doing. And there's a natural, um, you want to point that gun at the ground directly down. Um, I don't know if that's just something that's been trained into me or if that is something that people want to do, but I've always, when holstering an appendix, my gun is pointed straight down before I, I, I rock it in. I'm not sort of doing a wide sweeping motion to get my gun behind my hip where I'm flagging absolutely everything in the surrounding area and then trying to sort of jiggle it into a holster that doesn't stay open or that I don't know quite where it is. Um, and, and an I, important point there is, sorry, that that's really poor form with a strong side holster just like pointing the gun at yourself is poor form with an appendix holster. Yep. And there seems to be an understanding that, well, you know, I, I can holster strong side without sweeping the guy next to me. Well, yes, you can. And, I, and, and you can also holster appendix without sweeping anyone else or yourself. Yep. Yep. Um, I think in general, appendix isn't necessarily any more dangerous than strong side. I think a lot of people make both of those things unacceptably dangerous um, just through the way that they either poor discipline in terms of where their muzzles pointed, poor discipline in, in terms of uh, correctly holstering so that you're not ending up with sort of jiggling a gun in or, or flagging a bunch of stuff that you shouldn't be flagging in the process. Uh, and then you see a lot of people who are trying to do like speed holstering for some inexplicable reason. Um, it's a lot more difficult to mess that up in appendix because you can see your holster. You can be sure that your clothes are out of the way. Um, because it's even if you're not looking directly in the holster, and you probably should be, but even if you're not looking directly in the holster, it will be in your peripheral when you holster an appendix, where a lot of guys will will be looking downrange when they're trying to fiddle their holsters into a strong side or a behind the uh, or smaller back uh, rig. Um, that's still poor form. You should train that out of you. It's not specifically something related to that mode of carry. It's just something related to people um, who don't respect that mode of carry because I'm not going to shoot myself in the dick. Um, I, I think that... Uh, a lot of people are, are more dangerous with, with strong side or smaller back than they, they would be with appendix. For the general population, it might be more dangerous for them. But So essentially what we've covered is that both positions are actually very viable, but it reverts back again to training, understanding, and your circumstances. Mm. Exactly. <clears throat> Handling loaded guns comes with risk. Um, and responsibility. That, yeah. Well, why do we carry loaded guns? Because they're fucking dangerous. Um, if they weren't dangerous, they wouldn't be any use. And I think people sometimes sort of forget that. Um, if it wasn't a dangerous thing, it wouldn't be a useful thing for self-defense because it couldn't do anything. So how, how do we make sure that it's, it's while still, you know, while it always has a, a degree of danger to it, it's not unnecessary danger? Well, well we do that by... by applying safety rules and, and, and proper handling and, 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 and applying that responsibility. So um, we can't go, oh, holstering appendix is dangerous and holstering strong side is not dangerous. Um, both of them have a degree of inherent risk. Um, they, yes, there's, there's possibly potentially slightly more inherent risk if something goes wrong appendix, but by the same token, as we've discussed, there's also a little bit there's more you can do to mitigate that risk in some ways. Uh, but none, nothing's going to take away from the fact that you, as the person operating the gun, needs to know how to handle that firearm. And, and you, as the person operating the gun, needs to a, apply proper handling techniques and, and, and proper handling procedures when you're handling a gun, no matter how you're carrying it, um, whether it's it's strong side or appendix or in a pocket or in an ankle or in a freaking shoulder holster, because that's one of those funny things. People carry shoulder holsters and not consider the, what the gun's pointing at when they walk around um, and then tell you that appendix is dangerous. Um, but it's, it's how you how you interface with that gun. Um, and, and a lot of it has become overblown because it's easy to sensationalize, oh, my God, you're pointing the gun at your groin. 
um, because that's somehow different to pointing the gun at yourself in a diff- in, in another way, if that makes any sense. So um, we, we're not downplaying the fact that a, a, an accidental discharge appendix could kill you. Um, what we're saying is an accidental discharge strong side could also kill you. Um, so what we want to try and do is avoid accidental discharges um, while holstering guns. And, and if they were to happen, we want to really, really, really avoid accidental discharges while pointing guns at ourselves. And even better, we want to really, really, really avoid pointing guns at ourselves. Yep. Um, And and to to let that one little thing get in the way of um, the advantages. And and none of us are saying you have to carry appendix. Um, All three of us carry appendix and, and not because we're paid to, but because all three of us have found that it is the optimum way for us to carry a pistol on a daily basis. Um, none of us are saying you have to carry like that. Your, your your work situation may not may not work it. Your body may not work it. You may just not want to. That's fine. That's that that's your call. Uh, but make sure that you're basing that on on something of value. Um, make sure that you you're, you're carrying strong side because of X Y Z. Not hurdy do I might point it at myself. Yep. Exactly. So. Um- just to touch a little bit further on the safety aspects, um, I've seen a lot of guys holster guns in in uh, conditions that they shouldn't be holstered in, uh, like double-action, single-action guns with uh, amber back uh, getting holstered, not decocked. Uh, I've seen guys holster single-action-only guns without the safety on. Um, proper um, appendix holsters generally won't allow you to set the gun off, but bear in mind that doing dumb stuff like holstering a gun with a hammer back without the safety on you're increasing your risk substantially uh, regardless of what motor carry you're, you're doing, uh, what means of carry you're doing. Um, so that comes back again to, to training. You need to understand the way in which your firearm works and you need to understand the correct condition of that firearm to be in when you holster it. That means drilling into you when you come off target with your decocker gun, when you come off target, that gun gets decocked. You don't just shove it in your pants. Uh, because at some point... You're going to be under stress and you're going to shove a gun that hasn't been decocked in your pants because you haven't built that, uh, that action into, into the way that you do things. Um, so that requires training as much as the, the, the safe holstering and the safe uh, drawing of firearms from strong side or appendix needs work. You need to train that stuff uh, to the point where it becomes essentially subconscious. Um, just something else with the, we're, we're not saying you have to carry appendix. There certainly are uh, times when appendix wouldn't be appropriate. Uh, and those times are very limited. Like I'm going to pull one out that I can think of. Um, if you have some oddball weirdo gun that no one makes a proper appendix rig for, carry strong side. Um, sorry, sorry, sorry. That, that is that is the ultimate fix. But while you wait for your license, um, if you can't find a decent appendix rig for it, uh, I would avoid it because it can be uncomfortable. And with like, I've seen some f- like floppy leather leather holsters. Uh, that guys are trying to run an appendix. That's just that's trouble waiting to happen. Uh, rather have a, an outside the waistband kydex holster made to your gun. Uh, those are a lot harder. You can screw up an outside the waistband holster, and make it uncomfortable and, and basically unusable for draws. But that's a lot harder uh, than it is to build a sort of decent. Uh, it's a lot harder to screw up an outside the waistband holster on on any design than it is to screw up a. Uh, an appendix holster. So if you have to get something custom made and you don't have access to like the cream of the crop of holster makers, um, carry strong side until you can correct that situation. T's laughing in T's laughing in Glock dealer. Um, Because <laughs> oh, yeah. if there's a holster in the world, they make it for a Glock. Um, but oh, I do have a special snowflake gun. Um, <clears throat> not going to mention any names, Cornet. <laughs> One of the I still like that, that hear... gun, and as do you. Yeah, I just can't shoot it because it goes click. Um, <laughs> one of the other things that that comes up from time to time as a as a concern generally from from the most tactical of Timmies is that you know if if I carry appendix and then I shoot IDPA or IPSC where I can't carry where I can't use appendix, um, it's going to be the end of the world because my draw is different and <laughs> that's dramatically overblown. At, at your average club shoot, you're going to maybe do six to eight draws. Um, 
if that is enough to short circuit your ninja programming, your programming is shit. Um, you know, it's as we've discussed in other shows, you, there is nothing to stop you going and doing, um, you know, draws from whatever other position. Um, so, yes, IDPA is not going to let you shoot from your appendix holster while telling everyone that it's all tactical, but that's a whole other discussion. Um, but it doesn't mean don't compete. It, it doesn't mean don't carry appendix because you can't compete like that. It just means you're going to have to spend more time working both draws. Uh, I have yet to find the holster so comfortably comfortable that I have forgotten where my gun was on my hip. Um, so it's it's not like even with the best holster that I've gone, ooh, am I carrying strong side or am I carrying appendix? No, because I have a great big piece of metal shoved in my pants. Um, you, unless you're completely unaware, you, you will probably have some sort of understanding as to roughly where in your pants that is. Um, so I, it hasn't happened to me yet that I've tried to draw my carry gun and gone to where my EPSIC rig is or try to draw my EPSIC gun and stuck my hand down the front of my pants. Um, I think that's one of those overblown concerns that, that it, I don't even think it's LCD thinking. I, I think it's just making shit up for the sake of it. So yeah, I, I think there's I, a defined line between competition and self-defense. <laughs> and I, I've noticed it when I'm finished at a match or whatever the case is, and I take my Glock 35 off and I put my 19X into appendix, there's a flip that's, or a switch that sort of flips, and I know I've gone to that position and my competition stuff's out of my mind. And I think that reverts back to training as well. If you flip the switch in your training, you shouldn't have those two interfering or getting mixed up with each other at all. Yep. I've had that and, once, and not, not, not trying to fetch my gun from the wrong place. Um, but fetching a magazine technically from the wrong place. Um, I shot a, an EPSIC match with a silly Glock from Appendix. Uh, and when I carry, I carry my magazines in Appendix too, the opposite side, but I, I carry forward of the hip. Um, and in that match, on my very first reload, I went to my strong side uh, for a reload. Now, I went to my strong side because I had some extra mag pouches on that were on my strong side. So I short-circuited where I would go normally for carry and went to where I felt magazines on my hip. Guess what? I took those magazines, those spare magazines off after that stage, and I reloaded from appendix for the rest of the match. And there was there was no conscious switch. It was just, mm, there's no magazines on my hip. My magazine is here. It just happened. Um, yeah. The only reason I think I went to to my hip for my original reload was because I could feel the mags, like you said. I knew they were there. And I think a big part of that is is not being that guy. Don't, don't be the person who only ever shoots from the IPSC rig or their IDPA rig because your IDPA setup is most likely a rig of some sorts. It's not your carry gear. Um, but being the person who, who only ever shoots from that and then sticks a gun on appendix or in a pocket or on an ankle or whatever and never trains with that, then it doesn't really matter how you carry. It's not going to help. Um, you need to get reps in on on the whatever setups you use. And the more setups you use, it means the more time you've got to spend. Um, yes, that's one of those things, but I, I don't think it's quite the issue that it's it's made out to be. Nope. Uh, another thing that, that Appendix does work really well is it gives you easier access to the gun if you're seated, um, as Gaz discussed earlier. Uh, it Not only is it can it be more comfortable, it's a lot easier to reach that gun when you're seated if it's in front of you than if you're sitting on it. Um, and seated or not seated, it's also a lot easier to get a surreptitious draw. Um, you know, the, the movement we make to a strong side holster telegraphs to the world exactly what we're going to do because there isn't another movement we really make that's similar to that. It's not a, it's not something that that just kind of goes with the flow. It's quite an obvious thing. And if you're seated, especially often with the way you've got to move your body, you know, if you're right-handed in, in SA in a right-hand drive car, um, there's a good chance you, you're doing some sort of body movement to, to clear the grip of your gun. Um, that movement is quite obvious as to what it is. With an appendix draw, and I've done it in class, you can set it up that you can stand behind someone and pop a gun out the holster without without someone facing you seeing what you're doing uh, because you can draw that gun from sort of the elbows down as opposed to strong side where you're often having to kind of move, do a whole arm movement. Um, is that always going to be super useful? No, 
But there are times where it's nice that you can get that gun out um, without telescoping, you know, telegraph, telescoping, telegraphing that you're going for a gun um, and, and, and not having to then have to try and outdraw someone. Or you can be in the car and get that gun into action without it being obvious that you're going for a gun. So those are also things to think about, once again. I'm not saying that it's the only way. It's 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 a way. It's not the way. Uh, but it is it is one of those reasons for its, its increase in popularity. And, and as we said, guys have been doing it for a long time. Um, guys have been sticking guns, sort of no holster down the front of their pants. I don't suggest you do that. And I especially don't suggest you do that with a striker-fired pistol. Um or a cocked and locked single action. Um, you know, carrying without a holster is not clever. Um, carrying a, a striker-fired gun down the front of your pants without a holster is really, really dumb. Um, and the consequences of that are, th- 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 that's how we make appendix carry dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> free vasectomy. <was> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, free, it's, it, it's whatever the hollow point cost, but... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just on the on the seated access um appendix and cars is amazing um a lot of guys claim that they can be almost as fast from strong side um which may be true when you're the driver in south africa and you're right-handed because you can lean away from the door and, and, and get a draw in but today you're the passenger and uh you can't lean away because there's a door in your way and you can't get your gun out uh seat belts interfere greatly with with strong side especially when you're a passenger in south africa but also when you're a your, your driver um smaller back is i i don't carry smaller back so i haven't spent a lot of time with this but the, the little stupid. bit of it, it is stupid Sorry. but the little bit of of messing around that i did in cars to try and figure out what the main differences were between the modes carry uh, i could not find any way to effectively access a gun from smaller back um, i could make uh strong side work if i had to I'm substantially faster from appendix, but I could make strong side work. Smaller back, like four o'clock and beyond, I, I just, there's there's no way that I'm getting to that gun. Um, it is inaccessible. Yep. Like I'm sitting carry, on it and I can't get it out. Yep. Smaller back carry has no redeeming features. I'll, I'm quite happy. I could see logical reasons to carry in an ankle, in a pocket. I can even see logical reasons to carry in a shoulder holster. Smaller back carry does not have logical reasons. Um, None that are going to that, that actually sort of apply to scrutiny or, or survive any sort of real scrutiny. Um, Conceal's so. worse. You can't control it. You can't access it. Uh, your drawers. And when are you fall on your back, you've got a great piece of metal across your lower spine. Yep. Yeah, we we agree on that one. Um, but that's one of the, the the places where appendix really shines is uh, in vehicle access. T's making the face. T's making the eye of a dot on a forty-eight face. <laughs> Uh, what haven't we touched on? Um, what what haven't we covered? I think um, we've covered just about all we need to on it. Uh, I don't know if you've got something more tea, but I think we've covered a good basis on multiple modes, and we've covered the the positives of appendix carry and why it's very viable. Yeah, I, th- I think we've covered quite a bit. If if any of this is unclear, please let us know. Um, if any of this is, uh, if if you've got any questions get hold of us on, on one of the, the various uh, means of reaching us. The Facebook pages, the groups are the best way. Um, and, uh, and, and let us know, let us know if we didn't, if we didn't cover something that you wanted to discuss and, and we can look at it at a further show or something like that. Uh, if we haven't covered your favorite holster maker, it's not that we don't love them. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of really good appendix holsters out there. Um, Ah, there's one other thing I do want to discuss, and this is something that came up today. Sidecar holsters generally are a stupid idea. Um, they look super cool on the grams, um, and they're, they're all tactical because you can have your gun and your and your mag and all of that. They, they don't move the way your body moves. Um, they don't work on a lot of body shapes. They, they, they do work for some people and on a lot of people. And I've seen a couple of guys who carry inside holsters who think their gun is concealed and it looks like they've got a breadboard shoved down the front of their pants. Um, so I, I'm generally going to, I'm going to suggest avoiding those. So it doesn't matter who the manufacturer is. It's not aimed at any particular manufacturer. 
But if that manufacturer has a non-sidecar style holster, I would rather look at that than, than the sidecar style. And by sidecar, it's where it's that great big um, cod piece of Kydex that's got a gun on one side and a mag on the other side, and it's a big solid piece of Kydex. It, it's, it does, I don't think it, it, it's worthwhile, um, as I say, unless you've got the very particular body shape that it works with. And a lot of, and, and a lot of guys think they do and they don't. Um, and it can make the gun really sort of obvious and, and that sort of thing. So, so yeah. I, I have one of those. Because um, you were wrong. I've been wrong on many occasions. That was one of the, the, the more grander scheme of wrong. Um, when you're wrong, it brings it, me joy. I know it, it, it carried okay when I was standing up and not doing much. It wasn't the most uncomfortable thing in the world when I was seated in a comfortable office chair. Um, I did a day, days worth of training with that thing and I've never worn it since and I will never wear it again. Um, if anyone wants to buy a sidecar holster. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's in the box for, for demo purposes. So when people go, why don't you like this thing? I can go, well, this is why the fuck I don't like this thing. <laughs> um, if you happen to have that very specific body shape where you can carry in a sidecar and you can hide it, um, do, do a little bit of activity. Um, be busy for a couple of hours. Uh, if it still works after that, and I don't mean stand around, I mean be busy. Do, do life stuff. Jog around, play with your dogs, play with the kids. Bend over, pick shit up. Do stuff. Um, after a couple of hours, you're still okay with it. You're probably fine. You're, you're one of the few. Um, I I got cured almost immediately. And I would go a step further than just pure sidecars where you have a, a hard piece of Kydex only. Um, I don't even like the ones that have some sort of bungee cord or something holding the two items together. Uh, now, those are less of a problem because you can generally take the bungee cord out and you end up with two individual items. Uh, but I don't see the appeal to having those items in any way rigidly attached to each other uh, because it, it limits the options of where you can place your gun and your magazine pouch at the same time relative to each other, um, which means that I can't find the optimal place for my gun and the optimal place for my magazine pouch. I now need to find the optimal place for my gun and my magazine pouches some distance offset from that, or I find the comfortable place the magazine pouch and the gun is offset some distance from that. Uh, they make they make no sense to me. They look cool cool on the grams. Um, they they look funky, all sorts of uh, I don't know bungee cord and shit all over them. But as a holster, I think they fail. Uh, you're better off with two individual items. And, and that's good advice with any holster. Is don't just when, when you're checking comfort and concealability, don't just stand in the mirror perfectly dead straight and go, "Ooh, that works really well." Um, move around, do things, get in and out the car. Get, uh, you know, play with the dogs, play with the kids, sit on the couch. Um, what you, Ideally, you want something that's going to allow you to do all of those things. And while it may not be forget that it's there comfortable or, or, you know, a soft summer breeze comfortable, that it doesn't interfere with your ability to do th- those things and that it's not sticking out when you're doing those things either. Um, you know, what people often forget with, with, with holsters that are uncomfortable is that we then move them. So that may not help your concealment at all when you get out the car and you put your hand on your gun and move it slightly to now get in a position where it doesn't hurt you. Um, that That's telegraphing as much as open carrying is. So check that out with your gear. Um, if, if someone's saying to you, this is the greatest holster ever, Ask them what other holsters they've carried in. You know, be, beware of virgin love. Um, you know, the the I got this holster and it's fantastic. Okay, what else have you carried in? No, I got this when I got my gun. It's the only holster I've ever carried in. Well, then what is it? You know, it, it's sort of like, oh, I did this course and it was the greatest course ever. Who else have you trained with? Well, no, it was the greatest course ever. Well, how do you know? Um, sometimes it, it, it's important to try other things. Um so that you've got a comparison. So, and and you know, with, with regards to the holsters, as I say, um, Fulster, Dockstar gear, Keepers Concealment, JM Custom. Um, if you want really really cool leather, uh, five shot leather, uh, are all sort of imported brands. That that between them, you'll almost definitely find something that works for you. 
Daniel's holsters, my wife carries in a Daniel's holsters appendix holster. It works really well for her. Um, and he can do, and if you're local, one of the nice things there is you can get something custom made for the, the, the wrong gun that you bought. Um, so when you had the weird urge to buy a freaking Tressor 2 TZ99, at least Michael can help you by putting something together. Um, there are other holster manufacturers who I'm sure do wonderful stuff. Those are the, those are the ones I have personal experience with. Those are the ones I know I can, I can put my hand on my heart and say, they'll hook you up with good gear. Um, as to others, well, as I say, they might be really good. I just, I haven't tried them. Yep. Just a, a last thing to touch on, I think, before we wrap this up. Um, for appendix holders, uh, also specifically, the clips that you use to attach the uh, the holster to your belt is pretty important to your concealment game. Uh, if you run something like the DCC clips, and all three of us are great fans of the DCCs, uh, those hide really well. Uh, it's a basically a rigid mounting system to your belt. Once it's on, it's on. It requires actual effort to get it off. You're not going to break them off your holster. You're not going to rip them off your belt. Um, and because they're made of spring steel, they're pretty low profile for the strength they offer. Um, so those are great for, for if you have to conceal. Um, I like soft loops uh, for, for convenience sake. They are worse to, for concealment than, than DCC clips. But soft loops and DCC clips vastly outperform in terms of concealment a lot of the, the locally available plastic imported clips um, because those clips are just super chunky because they have to be, otherwise you're breaking them off holsters, holsters all the time. Um, so don't let that put you off from buying the holster that you, you, you've decided you need. But as I said earlier with the adjustment of the claw and, and the wedge and things, bear in mind that you're probably for your ultimate carry rig, you're probably going to end up replacing whatever it has on it to attach it to your belt with something that is better suited to your specific needs. Yet ease of, of, of on off like the soft loops, albeit ultimate sort of rigid mounting while being concealable in something like the DCCs. Um, just bear in mind that those are those are replacement items and there are far better options available on the market than you normally get on the holster out the box. Thanks everyone. Thanks thanks for for listening. Please uh, don't forget to send us your feedback on, on whatever sort of means you have. Um, you know, uh, any compliments you can send to me, any complaints you can send to Cornet. Um, as Gaz always likes to remind us, it doesn't cost you any more to give us a five-star rating. Um, so, yeah, please let us know um, what you like, what you don't like. Send those Q&A questions. We really appreciate them. Um, and uh, if you've got show topics you'd like us to discuss, please let us know. At the moment, we, we, we cannot, no one's getting that much shooting done, so we can't really discuss matches or anything but uh, if there's topics you want to discuss please let us know and uh, we'll do our best to to cover it thanks everybody uh, for all of your support we really do appreciate it um keep it coming if like Tarek said if you've got any questions please ask us and as always please a minimum of five star rating would be appreciated until next time cheers thanks guys later losers